everybody, on this week's edition of Guys Talking Sports, we are back from our July 4th vacation. We are talking about all the NBA free agency trades and moves. Um, definitely going to get into baseball and if the baseballs aren't used and are they not. And we also want to give our shout out and respects to the women's U.S. soccer team for winning the FIFA Cup final um, for the second year in a row. All that on this week's Guys Talking Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports, uh, where it's me and my two boys, Alan Ace, always here, ready to talk about all things sports related, um, talk about anything new, crack jokes, BS, the normal stuff. Um, so we want to thank everybody who's subscribing and tuning in and listening to us, obviously last week. Uh, we hope everyone had a nice, safe, and happy 4th of July weekend, and we were off um, unexpectedly, but we took a nice little break, so... I know I got my engines all nice and revved up. Ace, I know you're probably doing so does Al. So let's get right into it. The popping hot breaking news that just popped off was um, um, Chris Paul is on the move, traded um, to the Thunder for Russell Westbrook and a couple of um, first-round picks. Um, So it was shocking. Um, I didn't see it a week ago. No one really saw this. Um, A week ago, you still had – Paul George and Russell Westbrook looking forward to another season. So I am just as shocked and surprised as most people. Um, Ace, I'm, what do you think? Because right now I'm still trying to figure this all out. <laughs> I, I'm thinking there's no way Chris Paul is staying in Oklahoma City. I think they're going to flip him and try to get more picks. <laughs> um It'll be interesting to see how the dynamics play out in Houston now when you got Russ and Westbrook and I forget who else they have, Capella. I mean, I guess they still have the core two. They don't have a big three per se. Um, Yeah, they still have Capella. They didn't give up Eric Gordon. Um, So basically they kept everybody mostly still in their roster. Right. well, Russ is an upgrade in the point guard position, that's for sure. Um, it will be interesting to see if Russ can concede the ball to to the beard from time to time. Because, um, you know, they both like to shoot the rock. So it will be interesting. Uh, I, I think it's a good move for Houston. I mean, it keeps them competitive in the West. Um, but... Uh, I guess we have to kind of wait and see how it all plays out uh, if they'll be happy together. I'm not sure. I'm not sure uh, Harden was ever unhappy playing with Russ. I just think he was tired of being the sixth man and wanted to have his own shine. So that's probably, that was the reason why he left OKC to begin with. Um, but it should be interesting. Uh, you got to love the NBA for the drama that it's bringing. And the West is still – Still reigning supreme over what conference is the best. So uh, I'm just curious to see what Oklahoma City is going to do with uh, with Chris Paul. Because I can't see Chris Paul wanting to be in Oklahoma City with a with a rebuild. So maybe, maybe <laughs> I could see Chris Paul going to the Clippers. Um, you know, you don't think so? They ain't got 
No money. <laughs> they could trade away a whole bunch of people. Yeah, they just got rid of him. Why would they want to get him back? Uh, just for the sheer fact that they didn't have Chris Paul or uh, a Kawhi Leonard at the time. <laughs> I'm Jerry West. Jerry West is probably sitting back saying, nah, we good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. It's interesting. Uh, <laughs> or, or I wonder if – no, I don't think the money, can, the money would actually work to, to kind of send him back to uh, – to the Clippers for Austin Rivers and some other people. <laughs> I mean, send send uh, Chris Paul back to to Houston for Austin Rivers going to the uh, to OKC. You know, I don't know because uh, I don't know how Austin Rivers feels about now being playing second fiddle to uh, to Russell Westbrook. <laughs> nah, that it's a very interesting dilemma. Wow. <laughs> I'm very curious to see how Austin Rivers feels about it too. Um, all jokes aside, I think that um, Chris Paul has to be okay with this whole rebuild mode. Um, and I mean completely okay with the whole rebuild mode. I mean, granted, you're getting Chris Paul back in OKC, but to be honest, they got Shea Gilgis Alexander, who is definitely primed and ready um, to, to lead a team. So I'm very, int- I'm very interested to in see how that dynamic works. Just as well, I'm interested in seeing how Russ and Harding work, because let's be honest, Russ is a different dynamic than Chris Paul. Chris Paul would at least pass the ball. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna be very interesting to see how two dynamic scorers, ball, ball dominant scorers, I should say, um, is going to be. How's it going to be handled in OKC? Um, I, I just hope that they can mesh to get well together. And I'll just leave it at that um, because somebody's going to have to give up a lot in order for it to work. Like somebody's going to have to make that sacrifice. And to be honest, between James Harden and Russell Westbrook, I don't know which one would do that um, for the Rockets to be successful. And if their button heads right off the bat, it's going to be a bad look for the Rockets going down the road. And, I can honestly see if I think it's a, it's telling because it had to be a reason why James Harden was the sixth man in OKC instead of playing starting with Russell Westbrook and um, Kevin Durant. Um, it has to be a reason. Um, so I'm very curious to see how this dynamic duo, quote unquote, will be. Obviously, they're going to cancel each other out for MVP voting, but we'll see how that goes down the road as well. Well, the more I'm looking at this, the more I'm thinking about this. I don't know what the flipping was up with these guys. You send in two guys who usage rate, it was the highest in the NBA last year. Clearly, they don't want to win a championship because uh, (laughs) Kevin Durant realized he couldn't win with them. I guess Paul George traded didn't want to stay he opted to go he knows he couldn't win with him i don't get it because both of them need the ball both of them are ball dominant is westbrook's is um harden's team that westbrook is coming to when before westbrook was um starting and harden's coming off the bench i don't see how that's going to work at all d'antoni's system is all run and shoot so it might look good offensively but when it comes down to crust i don't know it's it just, to me, it doesn't make sense to have two ball-dominant players 
like that at that caliber playing together. It makes no sense at all. I mean, I, I don't get it. If he was worried about some shots being taken from him with Chris Paul, he's going to have a hell of a lot more to worry about when uh, Westbrook, because Westbrook only his touches. Harden doesn't look like he likes giving up his touches. And when he does, he doesn't play. He's not engaged. He's just walk around the court with his arms on his, with his hands on his hips, which drove Chris Paul mad. So if you think life is going to be any sweeter with Westbrook on the team, sadly mistaken. I just don't get it. And for me, this looks like Houston's just saying, we want to look pretty in the offseason, I mean, pretty in the regular season, but we're not going to win, any, um, win a championship. And not in the West that is stacked <laughs> the way it is right now. <laughs> I can't disagree with uh, any of your comments, honestly. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> I got to know what Chris Paul feels about this whole situation. Heck with, with Harden and Westbrook. You know, we know that that may or may not work out. I want to know how Chris Paul feels about this. I'm sure Chris Paul didn't have a – didn't agree. Well, maybe he did agree on this, uh, on this trade. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to agree. It's not like he's coming up on a you know my last year contract. Basically, he had three years with a fourth year option that if he does take that, it's going to pay him like forty million dollars. So basically, he got sent whatever the uh, Houston Rockets was going to send him. Mm. Huh. Well, <laughs> but I I do feel bad. I don't. I'm curious to see how this is all going to wind up because, like you said, I, I mean Ace. I mean he's going to a total rebuild situation and a guy of his caliber and, you know, his years in the league, he deserves a little bit better than to play out his remaining years on a rebuild, on a rebuild squad. But the, the problem is, is that let's be honest, if he went, I mean, if there weren't so many issues to begin with, with CP three, he wouldn't be in the position that he's in right now. Um, you'd be more in a better position. Obviously the chemistry between him and Harden wasn't, ideal um yes they made a run in the western conference but let's be honest if they were more cohesive like they said they were then this would have never happened to begin with so i mean out of all the teams that okc could have traded russell westbrook you mean to tell me that houston was the only option i mean i think there's so much more into it i think that we're going to hear a lot when this is all said and done um, and what I'm hearing from rumblings was the fact with Russell Westbrook was the fact that he wanted to be traded before even Paul George got traded. So, um, yes, yes. There was a lot of um, unhappiness, I guess, so to speak, um, where Russ wanted to play with, another, you know, go to another team. Um, I think he knew about the PG um, leaving. I, I'm, and like I said, I'm not, you know, this is not what I, I'm just speculating here. I think he kind of knew about it, but I heard rumors that Paul, I mean, um, Russell Westbrook wanted to be traded before Paul George went, um, got traded. Um, so, and that was rumors on like NBA sites or whatever the case may be. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not true. But the point of the matter is, is that obviously it just wasn't working out. And with so much going on in the free agency um, this, this past summer, I mean, you get to that point where you're saying, honestly, Everybody is moving, everybody's changing, everybody's transitioning. And 
we're still st stuck in the same rut. We didn't make enough moves for me to be completely happy with saying, okay, we're going to take that next step. And I think that's really what was the Achilles heel. And I also think that losing that playoff series to Portland really set the tone because I think that the fact that how they lost in the playoffs, um, I think, and I think that writing was on the wall where enough was enough. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I think with, with Russell, I mean, you know, he stayed the course. He stayed. Um, well, he didn't stay. I mean, we had no choice. But you know, when um, when Dur when Durant left, he made sure he read up before his contract was over. Um, so and he was there. You know, when Harden left initially. So I mean, he welcomed Paul George in, and it looked like in the season, it looked like they found, in my opinion, it looked like they found like the chemistry, how how to get it clicking. I always thought that OKC just needed some more supplementary pieces around them to kind of make the whole thing go. And like, like you said, Al, I mean, you know, when free agency was opening, a lot of pieces were being moved off the board. I mean, I guess everything was hinging off of Kawhi, which I think we'll get into next. But, I mean, once Kawhi, you know, made his choice with the Clippers, you know, a lot of pieces started getting swiped off the board quick. And OKC didn't look like they were doing anything. But – um. Yeah, I think if he did know, and he probably knew, maybe Paul George has said some stuff, or maybe he just got the vibe at the end of the season when they left, and maybe he wasn't down here for the long haul. So possibly, but I mean, OKC had three MVPs in Harden, Durant, and Westbrook, and when within ten years, all of them gone. <laughs> They had the big four before big fours or even big fours. <laughs> yes. They had, um, uh, what's his Ibaka. name? Um, Ibaka, right? Yeah, Serge Ibaka, yeah. And once they lost in that NBA Finals, Harden bolted and, you know, he went to Houston. But I still think he, Harden left not because he was a six-man. I think he he felt as though he should have been starting and he felt he could get a better shot being somewhere else. So I don't think it was about the chemistry at that point. I think it was more so he felt more deserving of making his own his own name and his own statement within the league. Now, Abaka, you know, I don't know why he left. And well, we it's well documented about why KD left. <laughs> I think I think right now Ibaka is just smiling right now. He already got himself a chip. True. True. So. True. <laughs> well, they did say that um, Harden, Harden would have stayed if uh, OKC would have, you know, ponied up the, the proper chips. But, you know, knowing they had, you know, Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant, you know, to contend with, I guess they opted not to pay him. And Houston, you know, backed up the truck. <laughs> and he went in and he went. But um, like this, this has been a very, in my opinion, a very interesting NBA free agency. Probably one of the more interesting and compelling in the last couple of years. Um, as I switch to the segue, we all know that uh, Kawhi Leonard, after everybody swore up and down, is either going to be between the Lakers and the Raptors. <laughs> he wound up not only going to the Clippers, but got Paul George to come with him too. And the Clippers gave up a shitload of draft picks. Um, and to find out that Kawhi Leonard only signed a really a, a three-year deal. 
Um, mm. and, and at the same time, Paul George is going to be a free agency at the same time that third year comes in for Kawhi Leonard. So they're both going to be on the block at the same time within three years. So we all know the trade, what happened, but guys, how do you feel Kawhi Leonard has really handled, in my opinion, held captive this whole free agency market? Get the game. <laughs> that's that's the only way I can say it. he pimped it because I as much as you know all of the pundits out there the media was saying where they thought it was going to go Jalen Rose I you know I give him love because he came out and owned that he was wrong and he said he couldn't foresee that one percent of uh, Kawhi going to the Clippers where he thought that you know more than likely he'll probably end up with the Raptors but he did get that one other part of his statement correct where he talked about he thought Kawhi would stay with the Clippers I'm sorry with the Raptors and sign a two-year deal because then after two years that would put him in his 10th year and then he can get into that super duper contract type of range and ultimately that's all he did with the Clippers he has a three-year deal, but it's really a two-year deal with a player option in the third year. So he's going to opt out after the two years, and he's about to get paid. It's just shocking that, you know, um, not so much. Well, is it shocking? I mean, uh, switching to uh, Paul George, did he really want to get out of OKC? Or did he really not like playing with Russ? Because, I mean, obviously he's taking a high road. And saying that, you know, it's not about Russ or whatever. But what is it really about? I mean, he, he ultimately said the reason why he wanted out of Indiana was to go back home and play. And he has the opportunity to sit there and play in his hometown with Kawhi. I mean, not too many, not too many folks who sit there and say they have a, a bona fide uh, one-two punch. And then you put a Patrick Beverly at the, at the point guard. You got three legitimate defenders top-tier defenders on one squad. <laughs> no, like, now that, now that I'll say with that statement you made, is he wanted to come home um, from Indiana. He had an opportunity to go to the Lakers, but he said, oh, no, no, no. Opted to stay one more year, or at least stay another year, instead of signing with the Los Angeles Lakers after a certain person was already there. But continue. Uh, well, I, I, I personally don't think he ever wanted to play with LeBron. You know, I mean – because it would never be Kawhi showed that you know going to Toronto that he's his own he's his own dude and he can command his own team and do what he wants to do and not have to play like a LeBron to win or or have that uh or have that personality or to be that player uh to win a championship so I I just thought it was always a bad idea to think that Kawhi was going to end up the Laker just because you know, LeBron was there, and they're trying to build a super team. But ultimately, he built his own damn super team. <laughs> he built his own super defensive team at that. <laughs> Not even so much. I mean, offensively, how much will Beverly, Kawhi, and Paul George give you per game? Maybe 60, 65 points a game, <laughs> the three of them combined? And don't forget Lou Williams. True. Well, I'm just talking about if you want to talk about, you know, if you want to – create that big three because, you know, as, as far as a defensive standpoint, they're never going to sit there and give you 70 points a game. I mean, they could, but not on average. 
unlike, you know, LeBron and AD can easily give you 70 points a night if they go out there and play like that. <laughs> you know, so I thought it was pretty cool. <laughs> I, 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 I just don't get media sometimes. I, I really don't. Like, and we keep talking about this. Like, I, don't, I don't even know where to begin. Like, first of all, let me tell you this. Kawhi did, I, I think what Kawhi did was probably one of the best kept secrets in what did he a, did. Did a mighty <laughs> to everybody. <laughs> Not only did he do that, from what I've been told, he was secretly trying to recruit a lot of people to come and play with him in L.A. Um, to be told, he the fact that he recruited Paul George and and got him to and convinced him to come, you know, even though he was set in OKC to bring him back home and be in L.A. to play with Kawhi. You rarely can't, you know, that's something rarely that happens. But I've been told that he was recruiting everybody to come and play in LA with the Clippers. Um, even Kyrie, he was trying to recruit um, to play with L.A. and the Clippers. So uh, everything that you held, heard, heard about Kawhi and doing things on the low is a true definition of him doing things on the low because none of this was even reported, no speculation. I mean, of course, everybody was talking about him coming to the Clippers, but nobody expected him to be recruiting while he's trying to come to the Clippers. And the talk was, hey, I'll, I'll come to the Clippers, but I need another star with me. And, you know, do whatever you can. If you do whatever you can to give me another star, then I'll sign with y'all. So it makes a couple of things, you know, I think that L.A. really didn't – I think L.A. had a shot. I think they really did have a shot um, eventually. I just think that he preferred the Clippers over the Lakers. And I really need to get people out of that mindset that not everybody wants to play with the Lakers. But we can have that whole rant and rave another time. Um, he knew that he it wasn't even going to be close in comparison when you could bring somebody else with you instead of going to another team that already has AD and LeBron. It doesn't make sense for him, for his caliber, um, because he could basically carry the team himself. Um, he just needed another person to come. With Toronto, he was fortunate enough that P.L. Sockham was playing the way that he was playing. Otherwise, Toronto would have never made it and got that championship like they had. So I think that with all due respect, I think Kawhi played it perfectly. Um, to be honest, everybody should follow the same model. If you're going to recruit, recruit silent, like um, try and do things on your way. And I think that's what Kawhi did. And it just happened. So it happens that once he made the decision of where he wanted to go, everybody else had to scramble around and do what they need to do. Yeah, I, I'm right with you there, Al. I mean, um, I always hit his mindset where everybody thought it had to be the Lakers. I mean, why? You know, I always thought that a lot of these players in this league. Uh, are there superstars in their own right? And those guys on that level, you know, the Durant's, the Kawhi Leonard's, Steph Curry's, Kawhi's, you know, they don't want to always want to team up with LeBron. LeBron is that, quote, unquote, I guess you want to say that, that um, notch in your belt. If you can beat him, that elevates your status, your legacy. If you go to play with him, and he wins, and he can say all the right things. Oh, it's going to be your team. I'm going to turn the squad. I can play with all you guys. 
but it's not going to be Kawhi Leonard in the Los Angeles Lakers. It's not going to be Los Angeles Lakers winning the chip. It's going to be LeBron James and then Kawhi Leonard or AD, Los Angeles Lakers. It's always going to be LeBron's team, and you're going to be adding to his legacy. Why do I want to go to the squad, win a chip, and add to your legacy? I want to beat your ass just like look what it did to Curry, Thompson, and eventually Durant. Their status has got elevated to the 10th power because they were able to consistently beat LeBron James, not to go run with him and play with him. So I, I was definitely happy that he chose the Clippers, shocked that he got Paul George to come with him. Um, a lot of people were upset that he should have stayed with the Raptors, but I take a look at it like this. His usage rate, even though he had the quote-unquote low management, whatever you want to call it that, I mean, those playoffs, he was not playing all that well. And uh, like you said, he was happy that Siakam um, played well. Serge Ibaka had a good game. Gave him two games where he didn't have to be the man, but he was kind of sluggish, you know, the second half of that um, playoff run. So knowing that, would he want to come back and try to carry that load for another season, knowing that you saw what happened in L.A., knowing what you saw, you know, now happened to um, Utah has gotten a lot, a lot better. Denver has gotten a lot better. Portland, we'll see what happens with them. A lot of teams kind of improved in the West. And let's, you know, be honest, he got a lot of breaks with Golden State. I mean – he might have, quote-unquote, ended the dynasty, but the dynasty was ended <laughs> the moment that Kevin Durant, quote-unquote, hurt his ankle <laughs> in the second round. So, to me, in my opinion, um, I think he was lucky that he got what he got with the Toronto Raptors. Didn't want to risk trying to do it again by himself to a certain degree. And he got Paul George to go to the Clippers. Now he doesn't have to worry about carrying a load. He goes to a, a really good team that did make the playoffs. They lost to the Lake, um, the Golden State Warriors, but now they're coming back with just about everybody intact, or at least the most you know important people intact. So, to me, I say, like you said, a boss move. Kudos. Um, LeBron James might be in, um, in the Lakers, but Kawhi Leonard is definitely running that show over there in LA. So, I will be very interested to see how this whole season playoffs play, plays out. Well, I, I, I still got to tip my hand to the Lakers and just as far as the, the squad that they assembled. I mean, adding Boogie, um, re-signing Rondo and uh, Contavious Pope, I think his name is. Um, still got Kuzma. I mean, this this squad is solid, man. That, that's, a, that's a solid, solid squad. Um, I can see them putting in some work. I can see both L.A. teams – finishing in the top four easily uh, this upcoming season. Um, uh, I can yeah, see they... if, if Boogie if Boogie stays healthy, LeBron stays healthy, AD's going to be AD. Um, as I can long see, as AD stays healthy. <laughs> I mean, he's the, young, he's the young horse, so yeah, he, he got to be the one kind of carrying the load because LeBron, I mean, LeBron will probably still get you 27-7-7, but it ain't going to be the conventional 27-7 he normally gets you. <laughs> LeBron is not going to give you 27-7-7. You don't think so? No. LeBron's going to give you at least 18. Damn, he's going to drop off like that? He needs, he, he needs to do it. It's too many people. Too many people, he needs to share the ball. He doesn't have to carry the load. 
Um, so he's going to be that person that's going to drop ball, especially if the rumors are true about him trying to play point. Uh, I think, he, yeah, I agree. I mean, for that squad, for that, for him to be ready for the playoffs, I agree. Out, he doesn't. His race, his um, usage rate shouldn't be plus twenty five. It should be anywhere between twenty and twenty five, allowing AD to take some of the workload, allow all the other people that you brought in to take the workload. LeBron, LeBron James should, quote unquote, load manage himself <laughs> until the playoffs. And then once the playoffs come in, then, yeah, you can kick it up a notch. But if I was him, I would utilize the pieces that you got there and literally let the offense run through AD. To be honest, I kind of agree with that. I mean, between AD um, and what's the good thing about the Lakers now is, is that they have shooting um, because you've got Danny Green there. Um, so that – alleviate some of the, 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 the need that they had. They needed shooting. And bringing in Danny Green will definitely help them with that. Um, to be honest, I was kind of surprised the fact that Danny Green went to the Lakers out of all places. Um, I thought that he was going to either stay in Toronto or go wherever Kawhi went. So, or do something different. Um, mm. But I didn't expect him to be with the Lakers. So it was kudos for them to get the all the players that they had. Um, because, to be honest, they did pick up a, some key pieces. That they need well I agree I, it was a uh, it's interesting stuff hopefully this is the end <laughs> the final shoot to drop for free agency um so we'll see what happens going in in October and November when the um, season really starts so moving on to a segue obviously um, the all-star game with baseball um, just finished just wrapped up whoa 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 before we get into baseball we still have to talk about the, the, the Eastern Conference. Because we never mentioned anything Hi. about that. So we touched right. on Toronto. Huh? <laughs> we touched on Toronto. Yeah, but we still got to talk about the Knicks. Yeah. The people that yeah. they got. Um, Who? I mean, <laughs> they got Kemba one of the Morrises now. Huh? They got, one, they got one of the Morrises now. Yeah, they do got one of the Morrises. After he reneged on that San Antonio deal, which – I thought was – I mean, I understand what he did, but I think that sets a bad precedent because I think that a lot of teams is going to look at that as, you know, if I sign a deal with you, I'm going to be reluctant because you may renege on me just like you did in San Antonio. So, But, but, but from a money standpoint, one year for 15 versus no, two. I, I, no, I, I said I get it from <laughs> a player standpoint. I get it. Well, I'm just saying if I'm a team and I look at him after that year is up, do I really want to go through that whole ordeal to re- for him having to renege and go to another team? I think a lot of teams is going to look at that as you know a bad a bad thing. So, um, um, what was I going to say? I'm not. I don't want to talk about the people that that got did good. Uh, I just want to focus real quick on like the Knicks. Um, I'm not saying the Knicks. Um, the, the the Washington Wizards who didn't get anything. Um, besides those trade pieces, or Charlotte for signing Terry Rozier and not signing back, re-signing Kimball Walker to a Supermax deal. Like, those are real head scratchers. Like, it just seems though everybody approves somewhat instead of Washington and Charlotte. And I'm, 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 I'm puzzled from, from you know, Michael, Michael Jordan is the owner of the Charlotte Hornets. You would think that he would do something in that regards to help Kimba after all the stuff that Kimba did, you know, 
I'm just puzzled the fact that he wouldn't offer at least offer the max to him. Yes, he didn't feel as though he was max worthy. I mean, he just so happened to make the All Star, you know, uh, first team NBA on a contract year, and then he just automatically gets that super max just because. You know, I mean, it, I could see if he was putting up those sort of numbers for two, three years in a row, you know, and then I'm sure Jordan would be like, all right, yeah, you deserve that. But, you know, I'm not I'm not saying he's not a great player. I mean, he's a very great – he's a, he's a great player. Um, but it's just curious to see how he's going to play now that he's in Boston. You know, and he, got a, he has some different pieces around him. Will he still be that same dude? He doesn't have to be – that guy that kind of carries Charlotte to try to win games now. So will he now be a uh, an all NBA player, <laughs> at least second team being on Boston? Well, I think, I mean, to be honest, I think he is. Off of the simple fact that is that he's going to be that person, that go-to person um, now. I mean, until at least till J- Jason Tatum gets to where he was in year one, his rookie season. Until that happens, I, I mean, because let's be honest, they lost Terry Rozier, they lost Kyrie, they lost Al Horford, who went to Philadelphia. I still don't understand why that happened. But um, <laughs> so there is some offensive pieces. You know, the offense has to come somewhere in Boston, and I think Kimball will provide provide that. Uh, yeah. So, so my thing is that we all know that um, Michael Jordan has been really tight with the with the purse strings and. And didn't want to pay the luxury tax to what it came with signing, um, giving Kimba that long-term max deal. Now, however, if you think they were had a winning record, let me phrase that. If they were doing a lot better in contending, you know, with a good squad, do you think he would have, you know, threw caution to the wind and gave Kimba that money if he thought they were on a cusp of really, you know, making a deep run in the playoffs? I'm going to be honest with you. It's, I don't think it's more about that per se. I think it's more so the fact that you didn't even look to do with the other team members. Like Marvin Williams is still on the team and he's making us an ample amount of money. Um, of course, you got rid of – I mean, now Jeremy Lamb now signs with Indiana, so you lose that chunk of money. You still got Nicholas Platoon that's making a, a – a, 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 his contract is out there. So it's just curious that you didn't even – like, you haven't heard no rumblings about even moving key pieces, like trading them to get some cap relief, to make a signing for Kimba. It just seems as though there was no effort whatsoever. Like, we're not even going to, like, even consider this. I think mean, that's really what was the slap in the face because after all the stuff that Kimba – Kimba was the whole team. Like, like just, let's just call it like we see it. Kimba was the whole team for that Charlotte Hornets. And the fact of the matter is that you didn't even make heaven and earth to even get some cap relief to even try to resign them. It was not even no effort there. I think that's what's puzzling to me. Um, it's definitely from a Michael Jordan standpoint. Like you would think that out of all the out of all the players that you did, you would value your most player, and it just seems as though he didn't do it. Yeah. Well, well, I still got to see how he's going to perform in Boston, so. That's true. That's true. That's true. Well, uh, I think it'd be I, really, I think that's going to be a significant drop off. I wouldn't be surprised if Charlotte is one of the worst teams. And I'm not saying that as a credit to Terry Rozier. I'm just saying that if you're not putting the effort into this product of the Charlotte Hornets now, you know, if there was no effort there to begin with, 
what does that say about the, F, the level of effort that the team is going to succeed? I think Terry Rozier got a chip on his shoulder. I think he's going to come out there and ball. Yeah, but do you really think Terry Rozier would be, is on level is on the same level as Kimball Walker? I mean, we re- we really don't know because he never had the opportunity to start. I, I that is true, but the thing is that you know what level that Kimball Walker was. He was on. He's an All Star, and he basically got them not even over the threshold to the playoffs. So you're bringing up you bringing you just signed who was a backup in Boston to a you know a backup in Boston to a contract to be the starter. Um, but yet, this, you still have the same remaining players. So there has to be some type of drop-off. I, I'll i be curious to see if they improve. I'll be shocked if they improve the same amount of wins or equal the same amount of wins that they had previous. I think it was like 38, but I think it's going to be a significant drop-off. I think they're going to be one of the bottom teams between them and at least in the Eastern Conference. I think everybody significantly improved with the exception of Washington and um, Charlotte. Well, I guess you can also you can tell there was definitely some winners and some losers and people that already aligned themselves up for a lottery <laughs> picks next year. That's true. Uh, Charlotte Hornets and the Washington Wizards are definitely in the mix. Um, the Knicks um, didn't get anybody. Um, the only person they really got was, I'm writing out Marcus Morrison. Um, I don't know if they got anybody else. They do have the third, the third pick in the draft, R.J. Barrett for the Knicks. So, um, now, now the Knicks did improve. I mean, they did get Julius Randle. They did get um, yes, Bobby Portis. They did get, um, but they didn't get one of the, but they didn't get one of the, I guess the quote unquote top tier, high profile free agents on the board, so. True, true. But I think they still will take a step in the right direction. I mean, to be honest, you know, I have to admit, like, the Knicks did obviously what they can with what they, you know, with the players that they got was wanted to come to them. So I'm not – I can't even be mad at that. They signed up to two years, which is – I thought was a smart move. I I have to give kudos to them. Um, Even though they didn't get the top superstars that they claimed that they was going to have, I think they still did what they can with what they had. They didn't overpay for anybody, which is good. They still have a bulk of their cap money still intact, which is a a good thing. I still think they're going to try to do something to make an in run that um, the Greek freak when he becomes up for um, free agency in about a year. So I say, keep that on the, uh, keep it on the back burner. I don't know. I think I, I think if if the Greek freak can win in Milwaukee, I think he might stay. I, 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 and plus, they just signed his brother too. Um, so it's very rare that you know you can have two brothers uh, play together and they're practicing together and doing it like you know. So I can only see that the Greek freak is only going to groom his brother to even get better. And and, and not just that, they also um, got um, Robin Lopez. Um, now there, so both Lopez brothers is there as well, twin brothers. Mm-hmm. So they definitely doing whatever they can to keep the people happy, and you gotta give them props. Cause I, to be honest, I said this, the jump that, um, cause Giannis's brother was play, was with New York, and I was saying to myself, why not just keep him and groom him? And they never gave him the opportunity. So I'm interested to see how he does with um, Milwaukee and see if he could thrive there with his brother. 
True. But, you know, as I say for the last thing, if this free agency proved anything, nobody knows nothing. <laughs> so winning a championship doesn't always guarantee that man is going to stay up. Kawhi Leonard, you know, told you perfectly, I'll get my chip and then I'll bounce. So at this point, anything is possible. True. Uh, but quickly before we roll off, we want to switch over to baseball as we're going into the halfway mark where now the All-Star game is over. Um, I guess the pecking order is kind of still intact right now. Um, Aces, um, New York Yankees are actually well ahead <laughs> in their respective divisions. Uh, and, the, and the Los Angeles Dodgers, whoo, killing it. Killing it. I didn't realize they were really that smoking that hot until uh, the last week right before the um, – all-star break. I was like, wow, where did they come out of? <laughs> but I think, um, I think they have close to 60 wins. They, they mm-hmm. are sitting on, they're sitting on 60 right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I know that uh, Justin Verlander made a, a statement that he believes that the baseballs have been quote-unquote juiced <laughs> or altered. Um, the commissioner said, you know, in no circumstances have we done anything to the baseballs, blah, 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 this, this, and that. So, Ace, do you believe that the balls have been slightly altered to increase more home runs this season, or is it just I don't know, just just luck of the draw? Um, and keeping in mind, no baseball stadiums have really done any kind of changes, so there's no shortening, you know, you know, the outfields to make homers a little bit more accessible. I, I'm not saying they did. I'm not saying he didn't. Um, I am saying that uh, batters are hitting the ball better. <laughs> I don't know. Um, the ball does seem a bit lively. I will say that they're, they're going out of the park at a at an alarming rate. And they said it's destined to break the record. I believe it was 6,000 and something set back in 2017. And they're on pace to shatter that record here just two years later. Um, uh, yeah. Um, I, it could very well be that the ball might be a little bit lighter. Um, but it also could be like the players now are a bit stronger. Um you know, you got some players who you wouldn't anticipate because they're smaller in stature, uh, tending, are tending to hit balls a little bit harder. But then you have players like, you know, for case in point, like Brett Gardner. You know, he's, he plays center field for the Yankees. Um, he's – if you look at him next to Aaron Judge, it's like him. he's a midget. Aaron Judge is about 6'6", six, six, and Brett Gardner is about 5'8". And, I mean, he's towering over him. But – because he's a left-handed batter and the Yankees have a short porch in left field, he tends to pull the ball and he can get balls out uh, for home runs. So, I mean, teams are looking at how they can get players to utilize, um, utilize their strengths and make it reap the benefits for them when playing the game. So, uh, but I still think, I don't think the balls are juice, but I, I do believe that I, uh, Hand-eye coordination is a bit better, and the guys are a lot stronger, man. I mean, they're putting in the work and and they're doing what they need to do to to put balls in play. It just so happens that the balls are kind of going out of the yard. 
Well, let me ask you this. Could it also be that um, – could it be also be the fact that um, the pitching has sort of diminished a little bit? Um, because you don't really hear the much dominance about pitching as you used to. So could that also be a factor in the reason why there's a spike? Um, nah. I mean, pitching's still there. I mean, you have dominant pitchers, but um, – uh, I, you have the pitchers that are on dominant teams, but then you have the pitchers who are so much, you know, somewhat dominant, like a Chris L of Boston, but he's just having a shitty year. Like he's not, he's not having a year like he did last year, this year. I'm just lucky to draw, you know, baseball's <laughs> baseball's baseball. I mean, you can have a hell of a year like Boston, you know, and kind of run the table. Um, and then you turn around and follow the season pretty much with the same team intact, and they're playing like a polar opposite of the same team that just did something last year. You know, unlike the Yankees team last year, which they did well, they seem to take a step further despite all the injuries that they had, but they've made some smart moves and managed to uh, continue winning. So, I don't know. I think pitching is still there. I just think that the, the players are a little bit more disciplined, and they're seeing the ball better, and they're stronger which means they're getting the ball out a lot quicker and a lot easier. You know what? I, I, I'll say I'm, I'm with you, Ace, on that one. Um, I'm not going to say that they, that there are something has happened. I'm not going to say nothing didn't happen. Um, baseball has a bad history of looking the other way <laughs> when, um, when things are going well for them. Business is up. Well, actually, the viewership of baseball is still slightly down, but the business is up, the money's being raked in. Some commissioners and people are willing to not ask a whole lot of questions <laughs> in the best interest of the sport. Um, last example with all the steroids and the home run derby, people might have thought something, but nobody really asked any questions. So I don't know. It's just like you said, it's luck of the draw. I mean, like you said, Boston last year ran the table. This year, they're what? Not even, <laughs> not even ten games. Are they ten games behind the um, the Yankees? Nine or, ten, at this point? Yeah. Nine or ten, yeah. So I mean, Yankees were you know struggling, got into the playoffs. This year, they had a whole bunch of injuries, but they had all their young gunners come in there, and not only just keep the boat afloat, <laughs> gave them a nice lead. So enough that when the um, the gunners did come back, they just padded more onto that lead. So. Um, so, uh, you know, I guess, I don't know. It, I guess it remains to be seen. I guess, you know, only time will tell if something actually did happen. But as of right now, I think baseball is probably going to say, we don't know nothing because they don't want to know nothing. Yeah, I think, I'm sorry. I, I was just say, and to be honest, it's still close. I mean, still got, you know, to the end of the season and, with the exception of, I mean, the Dodgers, of course, being where they are, I think everything is still up for grabs where everybody's still fighting for playoff position and see who can actually, you know, be, I mean, separate themselves from everybody else. And maybe you're right. I, I, I'm not, I'm thinking about it. I, I'm maybe more in agreement because I think that um, it could be just this season. You never know what, you know, how seasons change. So I, I could see that. I could definitely see that. 
I guess the bigger question is going to be a lot of these teams that have such significant leads going in after All-Star break, you know, Yankees, Dodgers, Houston Astros, how many of those teams will still keep their respective leads by the time uh, playoffs start? I have the feeling at least one team is going to tread water and squander that lead or maybe lose it altogether out of the three that have those significant leads. But uh, this is this is when I'll start watching a little bit more baseball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, or is it just because it's a slow sports summer? <laughs> oh, well, college football, you're about a good month away. You know, training camp starts with NFL in about, you know, another week uh, for some, you know, two weeks for others. You know, no real significant meaning NFL game until the middle of August. <laughs> right. So... This is the time where everybody's going to tune in to watch a little baseball or just not tune in anything at all. So, hmm. uh, But before we go, I just want to give one quick shout out to the um, United States women's soccer team for winning the FIFA Cup. Uh, their second consecutive win um, within four years, um, beating the Netherlands in the finals. Um, uh, obviously, uh, Megan Rapone, um, who was the team captain, has got a lot of... Um, talk about her some of the comments that she's made specifically about Bush but just overall some of the comments that she's made and the celebrations afterwards but I do want to acknowledge the women's soccer team uh, for bringing you know the cup back home to the United States um, I guess we'll see another four years how uh, that team shapes up will they still be as dominant as they are right now will they have a little any kind of dip off or drop knowing that you're going to have a uh, Olympics in the middle between when they play the next FIFA to now. So um, I just want to get your guys' take on it. Did you guys watch any of the um, the World Cup? And um, or if you didn't, uh, did you follow it any kind of way? How the girls, um, the ladies, excuse me, ladies played. I did not, um, and I do know, but I do know that. Uh, yeah, uh, I think personally. If you put the U.S. women's soccer team versus the U.S. men's soccer team, I think the women would kick their ass, personally. <laughs> I, will, I, will have, I may second that one. <laughs> and the whole talk with the equal pay, because I heard that because the women qualified and won, they only, won, they only got paid out 90000 versus if the men were to qualify, just qualify. They make $500,000. Yeah, they need to close that gap ASAP. <laughs> it should be equal regardless because you're, play, you're both playing the same sport. Uh, it's not like you have any physical strength uh, that sets you apart when playing soccer. Yeah, you might be able to kick the ball a little harder, but you still got a goalie who could, you know, stop the damn ball from going to the net. So it's still a skill. It's still about finesse and agility. Um, so they need to just go ahead and just say, you know what? Regardless if you're a man or woman playing for the U.S. You know, soccer team, if we're going to say it's 500000 it's 500000 across the board for whomever. So, you know, again, kudos to the women. Um, you know, the U.S. is definitely a, a soccer, a soccer nation, especially with women's soccer, and they deserve every bit of, every bit of whatever that they deserve and more moving forward. Be honest, I'm I'm just gonna be honest about it. Um, yes, I agree with you on on that aspect. 
the women, to be honest, until the men get their act together, like that should be flipped. <laughs> like mm-hmm. obviously there's a, 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 a popularity where um, the women's dominance is just there. And they should be the ones getting paid the 500,000. I mean, if they're continuing to dominate in soccer like they, sh- they are now. Um, and the men don't even make it to the, you know, it, it's a, a time for them to even make it to where they need to be. And I think that, to be honest, I, I really think that they, that should be reversed. Um, I think that the women should be paying. I mean, if you think about it, their popularity is a, is skyrocketing. And it's yep. a lot more than the men at this stage. Like, a lot of people in the U.S. know more about other um, countries' top stars than they do about the men. Soccer, which is kind of unfortunate, but in the long run, men's soccer definitely need to get their act together. And to be honest, all jokes aside, in regards to equal pay, it should not just stop there. I think that the focus needs to be on with everything else that's going on. You got the WNBA still asking for the same thing. You got um, women's football leagues now that's out there, um, and they're growing. So I think that there should be that, like they said, the gap should definitely be a lot tighter than what it is right now. And until a lot more people become more vocal about it and a lot more advertisers, I don't, you know, I don't know exactly what they need to do, but, you know, it has to be more vocal than what, what it is right now. It shouldn't just stop with the U.S. men, I mean, women um, and their platform. It should be the WNBA doing their thing as well and all these other um, professional women that's out there joining together. If they band together, I think that they could get a lot accomplished. And I think everybody needs to join in and help them band together as well and support them because they definitely need support. Uh, I echo all you guys' sentiments. I am definitely there with you. It should be equal pay, um, especially since the um, women's um, team, U.S. team, is much more dominant than the men's team. Um, but overall, unfortunately, at this point, and that has to be the major change, men's soccer globally is much more popular than women's soccer globally. So the money come flows into the men's sports as it always been very unevenly when it should be even across the board. So I think we all should get in our, you know, on our soapboxes and help with that change right there. All right, everybody. So that is our time uh, for this week. Um, as always, we want to thank you guys for subscribing, for listening in. Um, listening to our podcast. We are on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify and um, SoundCloud. Al, if I'm mistaken. Say that again. I'm sorry. And SoundCloud, if I'm mistaken. We're still on SoundCloud. Yep. Still on SoundCloud. So three or four different mediums where you can hear us. Um, but as always, I want to thank you guys for listening and subscribing. So guys, before we roll, let them know where they can find you at. Well, you can find me on Twitter at CatDaddy. I thought I'll speak at once. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, Cat Daddy one nine six three on Twitter. Cat Daddy one nine six three on Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter, and Instagram, Adrian Cat. Sorry, I'm just playing around. Um, <laughs> again, Twitter, Instagram, I about Qualls. Uh, you can find me on the gram um, and Twitter, J E Ross the number seven. And as always, everybody have a, a healthy and safe weekend, and we'll be back next week, same time, same back channel. God bless. Brooklyn, I forgive you.